When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's it, everybody. We are back, and this is the HTML All The Things Podcast. This is going to be an, another episode edition, the third edition of Full Stack Struggles entitled Three Web Development Projects. We struggled with this title because this is uh, an episode where we're breaking up what we were going to do, but we're still going to do what we were going to do, and I'm going to explain that. It's all for the learning of things. And I think this episode is really going to benefit anyone who's gotten stuck learning web development, who feels like they've plateaued in their knowledge, um, or who thinks, uh-oh, you know, I, I've decided to start something. I've bitten off more than I can chew. Am I giving up if I... I mean, give it up or if I stop working on this for now. So we'll have a discussion on all of that. If this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon. Leave a review rating on your podcast app. Join us in our Discord server. Share this with your friends. And remember that if you want to support the show, you can also use our Scrimba link. It will be in the show description or in the show notes. Uh, it gives you a discount and you get at, you'll get access, uh, to a web development knowledge base, a bunch of lessons in there with an interactive code editor, excuse me, code editor media player. So go check that out. So if you're new to full stack struggles, just a kind of a brief recap, but there's going to be some new stuff in here as well. So you don't need to skip it, but the struggle so far, um, has basically been that I've been trying to learn. Svelte and Svelkit. I uh, I mostly deal with our small to medium business clients. So I deal with a lot of random things like Couch CMS, just literally straight up static sites, WordPress, a whole bunch, things like that, web development pro or um web hosting problems and things like that. And I do a lot of sort of project management and meetings with them and, and that type of thing. And so I don't and haven't really touched the the sort of quote unquote modern way to make a website. So I haven't really touched React. Uh, I haven't really touched Svelte that much and that type of thing. And I've been really kind of struggling to sort of learn Svelte or like try for once to do a full stack app sort of the modern way instead of using like WordPress plus a plugin plus maybe some custom code or Webflow, for example, things like that. So what my goal was is I was going to try to make a passive income tracker using Svelte and Svelte Kit to get experience using front end and back end technology. And I ran into a bunch of problems. So this is obviously the third episode. There's a whole bunch more detail in the other ones. But basically, whenever I went to go work on my app, I was immediately Googling things, trying to figure out what my next move was. So the big thing is, is that I am rusty at JavaScript because I do use it. And whenever I have to look up a problem that I have, I understand what I'm doing and I can usually implement that fix. But I am rusty at it, have a little bit of dated knowledge because once again, I use a lot of these technologies that small to medium businesses like to use on their website. So I don't use too much you know, direct coding all that often. Also, I'm working on multiple projects, as I've already mentioned. So I'm going from technology to technology to technology, which is a lot of context switching, which I'm used to now, especially with all the different all the different small to medium business websites that I do run, Webflow, WordPress, you know, all the rest of them I've already mentioned. The problem is, is that this is a new one. So I'm 
learning a little bit, then I'm leaving for a while, context switching a bunch, and then I'm completely out of context because I'm not even used to the context of Svelte and Svelkit. Rusty at JavaScript, you know, it's kind of a perfect storm. So I'm a complete beginner here is kind of the the vibe that I'm put that I'm saying and literally is a fact. I'm a complete beginner at Svelte and Svelkit. And these long absences are really kind of killing the vibe and it's kind of killing my knowledge. So not knowing, you know, Svelkit, not knowing Svelte, you know, not knowing basically modern JS methodologies that looking, looking things up really had me second guessing, you know, what code came from where, where are the borders? And I've mentioned that on my other two episodes. And I've mentioned that several times uh, in the past as well, where I don't know if I, if I get a, if I get a snippet from Stack Overflow or if I get a snippet from, you know, a chat GPT or through, through, uh, a, a, like some research from a blog and those type of things. I, I don't know where that code is from. Like, I don't know if that's a Svelte kit thing. I don't know if it's a Svelte. I don't know if it's JavaScript. And when I say copy paste it and then modify it for my use case, I know that it works and I can see it working, but I just don't know those borders. I'm not familiar with everything quite yet. And another problem I actually have run into, which I've noticed is that because I've worked on, you know, web apps, I've worked on the odd mobile app and I've worked on websites before and a lot of different technical projects. I know how to architect the entire app in theory. So I know how to kind of pseudo code it together in my head. I know, oh, these, you know, these should be profiles. These should be components, this and that. Obviously there's holes in that knowledge. Of course, I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way, but I know how to architect the actual app. And so now I'm overwhelming myself because I'm like, oh, this should be like this so that it's easy to like get, you know, gain this knowledge or this should be easy to access later on. But I, my knowledge of architecting and my know-how of architecting an app is overwhelming my in-practice knowledge. I don't know the syntax of Svelte. I don't know the syntax of Svelkit. And so I'm planning out 15 steps ahead and I'm grinding on step one for days on end. So it's, you know, it's not good that way. So essentially to kind of sum up the struggle so far is that I feel like I've learned too little so far and, and yes, I have had on and off absences, you know, months at a time, weeks at a time. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like I've learned too little so far. And so I need to kind of take a step back, which I have done, and I need to make a change in order to learn faster, learn better. And I need to kind of do an assessment of my learning. Yeah, it's it's an interesting problem to have. Um, and I think a lot of people do struggle with this, honestly. Uh, and from my understanding, I think, like like you said, on and off, right? The on and off happens. I think the consistency is what is really difficult with this is coming back to it after a week, even uh, to the same project where you have so little found foundational knowledge can be overwhelming. If it was something you could dedicate, you know, every day, two hours a day to, it's a little bit of a different process. But when it's something that has to work with your schedule, rather than something you can fit into your schedule, it becomes a challenge, like a serious, serious challenge when you start biting off too much, right? And that's, I think, what's happened here is that, hey, you have a million things that you're working on from all different perspectives. You bid off a ton from a learning perspective. And now, even just to come back to it, let's say you have an hour in the evening, right? It's not enough for you to like, or the... The barrier is too big for you to sit down and do it for an hour because you know it's going to take you an hour to just to get into it. I feel like that's what stopped the progress more than anything. 
rather than your knowledge, your lack of knowledge. It's just the time that is that takes for you to ramp up to even start working on it is too much of a barrier uh, to continue with the schedule that you've set for this. That's exactly right, because I would sit down and obviously struggle with the syntax and methodologies and stuff, just like any beginner would. But I'm also struggling with I know what I want or I don't know, rather, what my next move should be. I know, okay, you know, I need this part and this part, this part and this part. I don't know what's the next thing that I should be working on. And even when I decide that and let's say I decided on like a Monday and then I work on the app on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, it's like now I'm struggling. Like, so I've struggled to get my context Monday barely any code done. So then Tuesday and Wednesday are spent, you know, writing hardly anything because then I'm also second guessing my decisions on about Monday and I'm not like really learning anything. And then I'm asking a lot of redundant questions. Like um, I ask Copilot or Bing AI a lot of questions, uh, you know, where's this from? Is this Svelte or Svelkit? Is this, is this vanilla JavaScript? You know, what is this? And then I ask it questions and, and get it to break things down because this is a learning project. First and foremost, this isn't, you know, a rush to the finish line for a client or something like that. This is me absolutely kind of almost studying it, if you will. And I'm trying to further my knowledge here. And it, and it really is a struggle with all the context switching and the amount that I've bitten off. And I talked about this a little bit in, in full stack struggles number two, because you know, it kind of feels like I'm kind of giving up or something. You know, it feels like, uh oh, like I'm taking a step back, but I'm, I'm, I'm not taking a step back. I'm taking a step back from making, you know, the passive income app, but I'm not taking a step back from the learning. In fact, I'm actually trying to further. It's a step forward in the learning because the goal is the learning. And, and I think I mentioned this later in the episode in the, in the show notes here, but one of my major problems is that, you know, I kind of see there there as like a goal and a focus and like the focus, the focus ended up being on trying to complete the passive income app and the goal was to learn. And I think the goal and the focus need to be synced up. And so now what I've done here is I've decided to sort of break the project up into a few different things. And before we like talk about all the different steps in that, because I have three projects sort of lined up, you know, I do want to talk about how, how I came to this sort of conclusion. So I, I took a step back and I did an assessment of my learning and I, I thought, okay, I know HTML, I know CSS, I know pretty much JavaScript or a little bit of rusty JavaScript, but that's fine. And I need another step. Like what's the next step here? And so I thought, okay, well, I know enough JavaScript. Like I, I, I almost had an idea to like go back to JavaScript. And I was like, no, because I know enough JavaScript to research it and to figure it out. And even if I have to ask Bing AI here and there, you know, hey, is this filter? Is this JavaScript? That's fine. You know, it's not three things in the mix. So I said, okay, the next step is going to be Svelte. That's the natural next step as the, you know, as a front end component of this Svelte kit kind of combo. So I'll stay in front end, which is HTML, CSS and JavaScript and Svelte now. I'll stay front end. I'll leave the back end stuff for now, which is a whole other different ball game anyway. And I want to like learn this. I, I want to upgrade my knowledge of JavaScript. I want to learn and upgrade my knowledge of Svelte. I then eventually want to do Svelte kit, which has a strike through in it right now. And then I will do my passive income tracker once I have the knowledge. So my learning path forward to help me sort of go through this, I've decided is I'm going to build smaller projects that somebody else has built before. I'm going to go through 
guides that aren't super lengthy, although unless, um, although if I decide to go through a super lengthy one, I, I'll scan through just make sure it's very, very valuable. But my idea is, is that I'm going to go through just like I was a complete beginner. I'm not going to try to tackle this because I'm a web developer already. I'm going to use a comprehensive guide on these projects, on these smaller projects from start to finish. And then because I am a web developer already, I'm going to add my own twist to practice my knowledge to what's there. So I'm going to learn, you know, a certain set of methods for Svelte in this particular case, in the first project, learn a bunch of Svelte methodologies, knock off some more of that rust on my JavaScript knowledge. Now it's like, okay, great. I've completed this guide. This guide has hopefully helped me out and has hopefully allowed me to understand this. Now I'm going to take this knowledge and also Google more knowledge and I'm going to put a Svelte or I'm going to put a, a spin on this Svelte project, the first project. I think honestly, this is a really, really good example of how you should start something new, right? It's start with a foundational thing, a small, as small as possible. The Svelte addition of Svelte to JavaScript isn't as big of a jump as adding Svelte kit with all of its other complexities to JavaScript, right? You already have foundation of JavaScript. You're adding one little thing. It makes a lot of sense to then go through and do something that shows you how to do each step of a front end project. So like Matt said, he's going to follow a guide for like a to-do list or whatever, right? Like however, however he wants to do it, it could be a weather app, doesn't matter. Something that will take him through what the front end framework can do without him having to come up with those steps himself. And it's verifiable against the guide, right? So he's going to be able to do it, check to see if it's working. If it's not working, he's going to be able to troubleshoot through the guide. Adding that third step in where you adjust it a little bit. It can be really, really tiny adjustment, adding your own kind of sorting mechanism to your list, adding your own kind of, uh, I don't know, the ability to check off based on time. I don't know, like this, some sort of weird little thing that you can think of that will make it more personal and a little bit unique over the guide Allow, makes it so that you have to struggle. Because unfortunately, to learn something, struggle is 100% part of that. Now, the amount of struggle, initially, you want to keep that low because you want the motivation and the momentum to continue forward Whereas if you get stuck, like kind of how Matt got stuck before, where it like the, the momentum was so slow that every time he tried to get to the project, it was literally like, I have to rev for two hours just to get started here. That's That was a huge kind of red flag. If you're at that point right now, you're learning and you're at the point where I can't even get started without two hours of Googling, you know you have to do what Matt is doing and reassess your learning path. And this is kind of the steps the steps that I would always recommend to take and Matt's kind of gotten there on his own, but like it's, it's an interesting guide for you to get through your blockades of learning complex technologies. That, that, that's exactly it too. And, and, and it like this kind of stems actually, and it was inspired by social media. Um, these like kind of steps that I've come to. And I, I want to say it was Danny Thompson on Twitter, but I don't know if that's, if that's true or if it was only in part then, cause I just kind of been reading posts and stuff and like, quite literally assessing my learning. And one of the things was that, you know, as a complete beginner, you might reach for YouTube right away. Hey, I'll watch a tutorial. And that's all well and good. You know, you're going to click on, you're going to look up, you know, a Svelte tutorial, you're going to look up a React tutorial, and you're going to click on something that looks cool. And the episode is going to be, you know, maybe for beginners. You're going to be like, oh, a Ra React beginner project. But the thing is, is that the, the, 
videos and the projects that are covered that look cool, they bury the ones that are very valuable. So a lot of the time what happens is, as a creator on YouTube, through no fault of their own, will make a cool looking project because that's what's going to attract people to click on YouTube. Like a to-do list on Svelte has been done time and time again. There's probably a lot of videos already on it. And so making like a cool robot talk or something is a great way to get get clicks and to get people to watch your stuff. But it's burying though the value of the mechanisms and the methodologies that you learn from something simple like a to-do app. And so if you start at that robot talking video and then you try to do it, you're kind of doing what I did, where even even if it's just a Svelte-only project, you're starting, you know, too far out. Whereas a to-do list, you know, it teaches you things. It teaches you components. Okay, this is how you get variables between your components. Okay, th- now we want reactivity. Well, what's our reactivity? Well, when we click on uh, when we click on a to-do, like we check it off, we want it to do a strike through. It's like, yeah, that's really simple. It might sound boring. It might be not something that you want to watch on YouTube, but it's something that is really crucial. It's like it, you you start to understand reactivity, start understanding how Svelte handles variables, how Svelte handles the files where you put things. Um, you install, you understand how to install Svelte if that if the tutorial is all encompassing like that, and you you really are learning a lot of things, even though. You're just doing a to-do app and you're not doing one of the cool apps. And so when I kind of saw this sentiment on social media talking about how boring projects can be crucial and what you really should be focusing on is not that the, that the app or whatever it is you're looking at is cool or boring. What you really want to take a look at is whether the mechanisms and the methodologies that are taught are actually or actually make sense because if you go right to the robot project and then you start Googling, you are eventually going to look up concepts that are, that are similar to those found in the, in the to do app. And so it's like, you're kind of wasting your time because you've just drawn the same conclusion with the to do app, right? You've come to the same place. Whereas you could have started with the to do app, learn those methods, learn that coding, learn that syntax, and then you can then go and, and apply that to a cool project instead of starting at a cool project that's overwhelming and then slowly working your way down to this. Now, I do want to make a point here is that some people might be listening. They might be like, hey, you know, a lot like sometimes you recommend and like Mike and I have recommended in the past, like, hey, sometimes you just need to like choose a project and go for it. That's very true. Like that works for some people. Some people, they need a goal. They need, they, they can't just work on, you know, it's kind of something that's throwaway uh, due to their attention span or due to their, due to the fact that they really want to make an app maybe. And that's why they want to learn some web development. Um, you know, it's really difficult for some people to stay focused and to stay intrigued if they're not working on a project. And so like, if if you've been following along and you're, you know, doing a passive income tracker too or something or like something along those lines where it's like a real app that people might find useful. I mean, and you, that might be the path for you. But for me, like I, like, again, I'm doing my assessment of learning and this is where I'm finding the problems. And this is where I'm kind of dropping off the map where I'm like, no, this is too, this is too much. I'm not learning anything. And I'm not, my, my attention span is actually not good because I'm now just Googling forever and I don't want to come back. Whereas now I can go to the project that I'm going to name in a minute and I'm going to, I'm going to, within five minutes, I'm going to be able to get something done. So if Mike's late five minutes to a call, 
that we that we have with each other, I can literally just work on the project for five minutes and I get a little bit done or like comment some things or, you know, refactor some things or whatever it is that needs to be done. Whereas before it'd be like, well, I'm not, I'm just guess I'm just going to sit here for five minutes because I can't, I'm not going to work on this thing. Right. So it, this really is an experience that I'm talking about for me and I'm sure it applies to other people, but some people need to start with that big project and that's totally legit or need to start with a cool project and struggle through it. Also totally legit, different learning styles, different learning methods. And also we all come from different experiences too. Some of you guys are going to have no experience with even computers all that much, right? Barely any knowledge about computers. Some people are coming from IT. Some people are coming from web development, other methods, you know, the list goes on. So I've decided on three projects. And the first one that I'm working on currently is an efficient grocery list app. So it's like app. The thing that's similar to it is a to-do app. And that's exactly what I started with. Um, this is exactly what I looked up. I looked up a tutorial on how to make a to-do app in Svelte. And I went through that. And I'll, and I'll go through exactly what the tutorial outlined in a little bit here because I have a I have a, a breakdown of that. But basically, the idea with this efficient grocery list app is that every week when I go get groceries, I do a weekly trip to the store, I write down all the stuff that's on the note. And then I... Or I got, rather, I create the note, I should say, and then I reorder it in this in the order that I go through the store. So I do the same path through the store every single time because I just go there every week because I hate grocery shopping and I want it to be efficient. And so I go through and I start a produce. I go to the meats. I go to this. that. So I put it in order that it appears in the store in my path. And then as I go through, I go, yep, this, 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 this. And then there's a lesser chance of me missing anything, less backtracking and more just do the path and leave. And I've been out of there with like a full week's worth of groceries in like 30 minutes before. So like this is a key kind of thing that I do because I absolutely despise grocery shopping. So the features of this app are obviously to create items just like you would create a to-do. Organize their order is absolutely crucial. But then I'm adding, you know, a little bit more in here. So th- these are my twists, right? Organizer order. This is my twist, <clears throat> excuse me, to the the standard to-do app. I want to be able to organize them into groups by department. So in my current to-do app, I'm just using Microsoft to-do and I'm putting them in order of department, but I don't actually have a label on produce and label on this. So I want to be able to have these like sort of collapsible sections, right? And then I also want to Make it so that you can save the list just to local storage because it's a front end project. And when I re-add items that I've added before, it might suggest like, hey, you added this to produce last time. You know, we'll autofill in the adding part. We'll autofill, you know, that this is for produce, that this is in the dairy section, that this is in, you know, the snacks section or whatever. And it might even auto order the um, grocery, the, uh, the grocery stores, the sections as well. These are things that I'm still sort of messing with, right? The idea here, though, is that I'm taking a basic to-do app that was that's literally like add to-dos, and when you click on them, a little animation happens, and that's your reactivity. And then I'm adding this, okay, I want to reorder this list. I want to be able to save the list, and I want to have a little bit of memory or a little bit of interactivity effectively with the with the memory, with, with what it remembers. Like, hey, last week you added milk and that was in dairy section. Maybe you want to do that again. Do you want to do that? And so I'm messing with a little UX, a little UI, and that's my idea. That's my twist on sort of the regular to-do app. The other two apps that I have, the, the other one is going to be a Svelte Kit Focus. And I'm just going to grab something. So I don't even have, I don't even have an app planned for it yet. 
But I mean, I'm sure I'll sure I'll announce it in a future full stack struggles episode, but it's going to be an API grabbing app. I'm just going to grab information from someplace and I'm just going to organize through it and parse it. And whether it's a useful app or not, or it's been done before or not, is irrelevant. Again, this is learning. This is not, you know, an entrepreneur's like, I'm not making a SaaS out of this. I'm just learning to work with an API. Everyone always talks about APIs. It's very much a backend thing. It's the lowest hanging fruit I can think of or the most basic thing that you would do with a Svelkit. And, you know, Mike can correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm thinking, okay, I, I rarely work with APIs. It's time for me to work with an API. It's time for me to pull in some information, put it together and put it in like a chart or something like that. Have not decided on the details of this second app yet, though. So just to jump in, uh, this is still more of a front end thing. Uh, grabbing like going through APIs, fetching data and displaying it from an API can have some backend stuff in it. Mm -hmm. And I can, I'll explain that in a second, but for the most part, that's still front end because what you're doing is you're taking in data in some sort of JSON format and you're then doing a bunch of front end stuff with it in terms of like if you want to create a chart, you have to do like a, you know, a data table library and sorting and searching and all that. And all that is usually front end. OK, so this is grabbing an API would be just an evolution of your Svelte skills. I think it's still something you should do as a next step, in my opinion, rather than going into the back end right away. Uh, maybe it is makes sense for you to like try to grab images for your uh, grocery store app or something. Like maybe there's an image API where you can like search by name or something. I don't know. It'll return nothing or an image. Um, but from the perspective of like SvelteKit, you don't need it. You don't need it for this step. Where an API, like consuming an API, can have a backend twist to it is if it's a secured API. If you have an API key that you need to save and use to access that API, it becomes slight, like a very tiny part becomes backend required. Okay. Right. This is where SvelteKit would come in, where you can create a server file inside of the SvelteKit route. And in that server file, you would do almost the exact same thing you would do in a front end route, like in Svelte. But you would do it in a server and you would be able to pass in a secure API key or credentials, whatever you would need to access that data. Mm -hmm. Everything else after that step would be just pure front end still, right? So because you're just passing the data from the server to the client and then the client is doing all the crazy rendering and parsing and, and looping and conditionally showing and hiding things and whatever you want to do with that data. So I'm just trying to think like, my, I think you're in the right, I think that the right, that's the right, those are the right steps. Like, Hey, do focus on just creating your own to do, to do or grocery store app, right? Without accessing any third party data, then maybe try to pull in something third party into that grocery store app that's available and open and free, right? Just like a, a route, like a fetch call or something. And then maybe your Svelte kit focus comes in when you actually want to start storing that data on like a server or a database and you want to start logging in, right? If you want to add an, a login screen immediately, when you think login, you think that's when I need SvelteKit. That's your, that's your cue, right? That's where I need to put, uh, search for SvelteKit. Um, in terms of a backend perspective, SvelteKit actually has a bunch of other advantages that aren't particularly focused on like server or client or whatever. Uh, but 
regardless, it's not, it's not relevant for your learning path right now. Um, yeah, I think that's how I would approach it. Knowing that the jump <laughs> and I'm not doing this to like, uh, uh, mo- like not, uh, sorry, unmotivate you. The jump from consuming an API to then doing a full stack authentication system is a little bit hefty, but there are guides that you will, that you can follow, like step by step guides on how to add authentication to your SvelteKit app. And that's what I would anticipate you would do. Yeah, like for sure. Like kind of like how I mentioned with this efficient grocery list app is that the like app was a to do app. And then I followed it. I followed a tutorial, which I'll get into in a bit here. Um, I followed a tutorial verbatim. And then that's going to be the beginning of my repo. I'm just going to like literally push up for the first time. Here's like my completed tutorial. You know, now I want to manipulate it. So now I'm able if I break something, I'm able to go back and see what I did in the tutorial to make it work. So it sounds like, you know, obviously I'm <clears throat> not quite there even to like make uh, a SvelteKit focused app idea. So it's good to know. And I'll probably consult you, Mike, as to like, hey, what's a good project? I'll even probably consult Google and stuff, too. And then I'll it's like this is very like TBA, you know, to be announced. So I'll consult that. We'll figure out, you know, a couple things to practice, whether it's adding to the efficient grocery this app or a completely new app. And then we'll play with it, whether it's a login or whether it's, you know, adding an API, secure API, like you said, or messing with the database or something. So it's good to know because I just figured, OK, if I'm grabbing an API from somewhere, grabbing some data like SvelteKit's going to get involved because it's server to server. But it does make sense because, you know, I have done that with JavaScript before. So it is like largely still um, largely still uh, felt slash front end focused. But once I do the second app. So this felt one, we've already mentioned felt kit one, which is TBA. Then I'm going to take my knowledge and I'm going to go and do the passive income tracker. I'm going to go back to that project, whether I start over or not. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but whether I, whether I go back to it and, or rather when I go back to it, I'll have that, I'll have some felt knowledge. I'll have some felt kit knowledge. I'll have references. I can go back and be like, how did I do that before? And like, see my own code and hopefully understand it a little bit better. I'll have some tutorials and maybe even some websites bookmarked at that point. So I know exactly, you know, where, where some references are and that type of thing. And then I can go at it at that point and, and hopefully be able to like make it work with obviously knowledge and I'll still have to Google new things and stuff like that. But I want to make it with my knowledge of it. Right now I'm going in with like basically no knowledge. I want to go in with a little bit of knowledge and then be able to expand on that with like sort of, the passive income tracker, which is something that I don't know if I'm going to literally release as a SaaS or anything, but it's something that I want to be able to make it so that it could be that if I wanted to, like it's a proper app. So my goal kind of, you know, to kind of complete this section is that by, cre- by creating and completing these, these smaller projects, the goal is more attainable. And then my, my thought is I'll essentially have three portfolio projects by the end of full stack struggles. When I finally conclude this series, I'll have three portfolio projects. Not that I'm trying to like find a job with it or anything. The whole point is, is that I'll have something to show rather than just one app that I struggled for like two years or something to make. Now it's like, Hey, I made it to do app. And then I put my own twist on it to make it this grocery app. And it took me, you know, three weeks of actual work because obviously I'll be working in between actually working in between. Um, and so that's, that's my goal. And then hopefully there'll be more actual updates on full stack struggles because it's, I'm literally going to be able to complete things faster. So the, to kind of like expand on the to do felt project. So the efficient grocery list app, I started 
add a tutorial. Like I said, uh, it was titled Your First Felt Project, a to-do list app from type of uh, NAN, so type of not a number. That's the blog. I'll include a link to this, of course, in the show notes. Uh, basically, the tutorial outlined, you know, kind of some key components, stuff that was largely reiterated, but like for me personally, because I have been in the space, but good to kind of see each part explained. So components, it's also talked about props and it talked about keyed lists, which I didn't really know about. So that way it's like, okay, you know, I'm learning this. I'm reading some theory because this tutorial included some theory as to why we do certain things. And basically the status is that within a couple of hours and probably actually even less than that, I flew through the tutorial you know, and I'm already working on adding my unique twist to it. And I'm, uh, what I want to do is I want to design the new layout and how I want to, how I want things to work and how I want things to look. And I want to sh- share that on the socials. So that full stack struggles goes from just being on the podcast to me sharing it on, the, on Instagram and maybe TikTok if there's a video of it. Um, that's kind of what my goal is and design this thing so that it's quick, right? I'm not going to spend hours and hours and hours doing the UX of this, but, uh, I do want to like kind of do the whole process and then I want to continue to work on it until completion more or less. And so with all of this, I kind of have some uh, comments and feedback section that I kind of want to bounce off of Mike. And, you know, we already talked about the first one that I have here, which is the project ideas for the API project. We'll have to bounce some ideas around because like, I need to kind of correct that, which is, Honestly, a part of this, right? It's a good thing. Like you're coming in being like, Hey, that's not that that's felt kit. See, I don't know the borders and I'm trying to learn this. So it's like, of course, but on this new approach, I have some questions that I think people are going to have, um, if they go through a similar process. And so, you know, do you think, Mike, that this is a more attainable way to learn Svelte and Svelte kit? I think yes. And mainly because this is how I learned Svelte. Uh, so, you know, I did not bite off the entire beast right off the bat. I learned just pure Svelte. Um, one of the reasons was because there was no Svelte kit when I started learning. Uh, it was Sapper and it was like a early beta version of Sapper. And I'm like, I'm not touching that. It's early beta. Uh, it's just out of my scope of knowledge. Even I was very strictly a front end dev at that point, having dived tiny bit into Node.js, uh, before. So Svelte was in my realm of what I needed for the project that I was working on, first of all, and what I thought I could bite off. So I think you're on that same path now, Matt. Um, maybe I should have course corrected you beforehand, but I've just been so happy with how Svelte Kit runs and is com- feature complete that I lost track of the fact that it is throwing too much at you. It absolutely is. So I think this is the right path. Uh, and it's a like a proven one. I it'll be easier for you to wrap your head around because you are a front end dev. I have some thoughts on the back end side of things. I'll leave that till after the next question, couple of questions. Yeah. So the next one is is kind of one that I think is going to kind of is going to come from the community because I see people going in and doing 100 days of code and failing, and going in and doing a project and failing, and and they think you know. By me starting over, you know, I wanted to go in, I wanted to do this this particular project over 100 days, or I wanted to do this particular uh, thing. I wanted to go over this lesson, or I wanted to go over this particular Udemy course. And that, you know, is starting over giving up? You know, is is this bad? Is this good? You know, is this like what I, is this a mistake? Like, have I made mistakes that I should not have made, even though, yes, as learning, you're going to make natural mistakes? Is this... I don't know if, we, if if you'd call it this, was this almost an unnatural mistake that I've made do going in and then trying to fix it? Like, 
to me, I don't feel like I'm actually giving up and starting over, but I think that a lot of people will feel that way because it's like, oh, I not, like I've given up on making the passive income tracker. You know, now you're kind of restarting. Like, why? I I think it all comes back to what you said at the beginning, and that's you just did not have enough time because of all your separate focuses with the business to dedicate the required hours a day that you would need to continue to do this to build the right momentum. If you had, you know, no other work to do or half of the amount of work that you needed to do apart from this, and you were able to do half a day every day on this, you would have succeeded in my opinion, because I saw the progress you were making when you had the momentum the only reason that progress stopped was because you had such big breaks between. And mm-hmm. then that barrier to start again was just going every day that you did not pick up the code. It was going up and up and up. Okay. So going back and starting from a point that is more attainable and reasonable from your perspective as being a person that doesn't have infinite time because they have other responsibilities Completing atomic projects that are easy to start with, easy to start any time of the day if you have half an hour to an hour should be the goal. So I think the shift there isn't so much giving up or starting over, really. It's just you're shifting to a more manageable method of learning. Again, you had a whole section on that. And that is the right path not the wrong path. Again, like it, if you look at like a bunch, there's a bunch of posts on Twitter and stuff where it's like, this is the path. This is the path you think it, it is to learn uh, web development. It's just like a straight lineup, right? Like a, a diagonal lineup. And the reality is here's the path to actually get to learning web development. It's like a squiggly line going back and forth and up and down and up and down and stuff like that. That's the reality of learning anything and being successful in anything. You have to be okay with that, like circle back and go back and up and down. It's not, it doesn't mean you're failing. It means that you're moving in the right direction, just like our analytics for the podcast, even to bring it back to that. Like we can see it going up if we zoom out enough time. If we, if we keep like hyper focused in and all of a sudden we have a dip, a week long dip, we start panicking. But reality is like that's going to happen no matter what you do. Yeah, you're gonna like have, world events yeah, can affect it, you know, repeat saying. Anything sake. can affect it. But as long as you're moving in the right direction in the allotted time that you have and you're getting the goals done, right, from a, a bigger perspective, that's what you need to focus on, not giving up. So I think it's not – you're not giving up or starting over in this situation. Which is good to hear and I think it's important for the community to hear more so, right, is that – a lot of people, especially when they're beginners, are going to be like, man, I only have an hour a night, uh, like after work or whatever. And sometimes that hour gets eaten up by whatever. And it's like, what am I going to do? And it's like, well, like, it's really like the one thing I do want to say is make the goal into a low hanging fruit. And you and I have talked about this a bunch, Mike, actually today, where instead of us being like, okay, you know, what do we do in anything? Like social media strategy is one thing that you and I talk about frequently. And it's like, okay, you know, I would love to have huge guides that are, you know, 600 words and then I have 40 posts on them and I'm just making this up as I, as I talk. It's like, that is a huge freaking goal and it all hinges on a massive guide and maybe even a course. Okay. I want to do that. Well, instead of us going for that right away, 
maybe we should make it a low hanging fruit. What's something small that we can do, right? Take the big task, make it into a small task. What if we see about the viability of teaching people this particular technology? Once we see that people are engaging like crazy and watching like crazy, we will be naturally motivated to put the time in to make a course. We can teach the course and see what people think before you put the thousand hours into it, right? And I do want to also say that so for some people that this strategy doesn't work, they need to bite off everything right away and they need to go ham and go hard. And that's fantastic. But in terms of trying to make things attainable in, in sort of an environment in which you have other whatever responsibilities or what have you, um, I think that this is the way, right? Is you, you, you take a goal and you try to make it into a low hanging fruit. How do I, how do I make this easy for myself? For me, it's okay. I have a little laptop, ultra book, whatever it is. I made sure that felt and that was already pre-installed on there. So at any time I can just go in and get, get down, like, like pull down my changes. Cause I usually work on my desktop, pull down my changes and I can work on that in a hotel room or I can work on that quickly. Uh, we have some like weddings coming up for friends. So I'm going to be all over the place, but now it's all on my laptop. You know, I can do that. And I already do that with my socials and my other work as well, but it's like, now that's on there. Because I was only doing it on my laptop. Now it's or on, on my desktop. Now it's on there. If I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just kind of watching a boring show or something I've watched before just to sort of wind down, it's sort of like, okay, maybe I could pull this out and just, you know, quickly, quickly make that animation work or something. And just these small attainable goals. So like try to make the goals into, you know, low hanging fruit, make it easy for yourself as much as you can. And sort of the final question that's in particular with like my third sort of three project approach now is once these two projects are done, so the Svelte one and the Svelte kit one are done, should I continue where I left off on the last one, which is the passive income tracker, or do I restart with my current level of knowledge and code it more like a beginner in my, in the way I've learned? Like, what do you think? Do you think I should just get back into it and not start fresh? Do I literally start it fresh? Like, what do you think? I think after the projects that you're going to do now, you're going to have a much better idea of how to get started on this. So I personally think you should restart. Now, it's not required. I think perfectly fine for you to assess at that time being like, okay, I've done it. Just take a look at your code base. My anticipation is you're going to be like, what the hell am I doing here? Or something like that. And it's going to be way too much of a hurdle for you to like pick it back up Rather than just like, hey, I have this idea of how I'm going to do this now, a brand new method with a bunch of more efficient ways of doing it. So like instead of adapting my older method to this, I'd rather just start anew with the ideas that I already thought up during the process of learning the other skills. That makes a lot of sense because I kind of thought the same way as like once I see how Svelte and that works, my architecting will probably change. Like I'll have like a Svelte architecting idea and be like, okay, this is what, I, this is what I should do for backend. Or like, I know that saving is easy or I know how to save things to a database this way. So like, why don't I make my component structure complement that? So it's easy for me to save that or whatever, right? Whatever ideas come to mind. And I feel like the architecting is going to, going to change as I learn Svelte and Svelte kit skills. So yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely assess and we'll probably have an episode on that or a part of an episode on that. Maybe some social posts about how I've, you know, I've assessed this and you know, how did I come to the next conclusion? And the, so, you know, as the, as full strike struggles continues, I'll update everyone on that sort of thing. I think before we wrap, I do want to kind of just have a little bit of a discussion on 
the API, the project, because we, we mentioned we would talk about it and we did a little bit, but now that I've thought about it some more, <laughs> I think, so Svelte is very front end. Yep. Svelte kit. Yes. There's backend components to it. Many backend components that you can do in many different ways. Great for productivity, really good for moving fast and a, a very efficient way to write backend routes that are c- tightly coupled, typed even to your front end. Is it the best way to learn what backend is though? That's where I am struggling. I'm almost thinking it would make sense for you to have an intermediary step before jumping into SvelteKit. Okay. Where you learn no, you just jump in and create a Node.js server. Maybe something that you can then uh, query with your Svelte, like standard Svelte application, right? So on no in in your Node.js server, you just create some sort of API that you can just access, whether it's localhost, deploy it, whatever, however you want to do it, and then query that from a front end, or even just use Postman or something to query it, just to play around with what a backend really is and how it works confined into just the backend space without any confusion about going front end, back end, front end, back end. Like I worry that if you jump into Svelte kit to learn back end, you're still going to be confused about what is back end, what is front end. And I want I want to I think you need a better foundation on the back end before you jump into that. I don't think you should create a massive application in Node.js. I, I don't think you should dive, you know you know, months into that process, but to have a little bit of understanding of how Node.js works, how the backend differs from the front end, I think will make it much easier for you to wrap your head around Svelte Kit as a backend process for your front end application. I don't disagree because like when you said make a Node.js server, I don't really know what you mean. And like, that's probably not a good sign. Yeah. You know, I think you need to know, I, I think you need to understand that what that is before you can really utilize and learn the benefits of how Svelte Kit makes it really easy for you to do. So like, this is like a great like thing like to, to know, because like um, what I'm thinking is imagine I hadn't even started the Svelte Kit stuff on the passive income tracker. And then I go into the Svelte Kit stuff and I have no idea what Node.js is. And now I'm like trying to figure all this stuff out while context switching and everything else. So no, this makes, this makes a lot of sense. Maybe it'll be a fourth project or something like that. Um, or maybe it'll just be tiny and it won't kind of be, you know, even a blip on the, the radar yeah. type thing, but we'll see. Like, I don't know. Like I'll look that up. Like, no, like I'll literally quite literally Google like no JS, like beginner projects or whatever. And it'll suggest the to do app equivalent of no JS, I'm sure. Right. And then it all play with that and I'll, I'll run it past you of course mike as i as i go and be like yo is this a good first project like i want to start this next week or whatever whenever the time comes so i mean good revelations here um and good like immediate feedback too because I was, I was thinking you know for other people like like the plan is not set in stone like i like we, we talked about three projects this whole time it's like now there might be four projects right like but it's all pushing forward like the 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 goal and the focus once again are about learning and I'm stepping forward in that. Don't focus on the projects, focus on the learning or focus on whatever it is you're actually trying to focus on. If you are trying to make an app, then yes, your goal and your focus is to make the app. And then your side um, sort of side effect, I guess, is that you've learned Svelte and or Svelte kit. 
But like in my case, I am trying to learn. So my goal and my focus should be learning. And the projects are a side effect of me learning because I have to do the projects to learn the thing and blah, 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 blah. So I think that concludes the episode, to be honest. I think that's a good way to end it. Maybe it's four projects now, but we'll see in a future episode of Full Stack Struggles. I am going to share some designs and maybe some wireframes and those type of things as I make these things, because now that it's more attainable and I'm not going to spend two hours context switching every time, I'm actually going to have time to be like, oh, I'll screenshot some of this and then write up a little post or something for Instagram and that. So if you want to check those out, I'll be posting them posting them on Instagram for sure as I as I make them. Uh, maybe Mike might share a couple on Twitter. Even I might share a couple on Twitter or X, whatever they call it these days, and uh, maybe even TikTok if there's a video. But that concludes this episode. And if you want to support episodes like this, remember we are on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash HTML. All the things and many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on BlueBlackDigital.com. Tim from the Web Hacker on TheWebHacker.com. Jason from Geek Life Radio via GeekLifeRadio.com. Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via MCWebStudio.ca. Magnus from YesWeb via YesWeb.se. Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff and Kale. Fire and Season via FireAndSeason.com. Gunner Burnett via GunnerBurnett.com. Watoto Coding via WatotoCoding.com. Garrett Segal, Level Up Financial Planning via www.levelupfinancialplanning.com. And also, we would like to have a bit of a shout out uh, to a contributing author um, on our website. Michael LaRocca has been writing articles of writing articles for us for quite a while. If you haven't checked it out, that's on HTML, all the things.com. You can see his articles up there every two weeks or so. That's when he writes an article um, for us. He is the author of self-taught the X generation blog at selftaughtxg.com. So uh, it would be awesome to go check it out. And if you go check that out, go check it, go check out his blog, go check out his writings on our blog. And he's also on LinkedIn as well. Go check all that stuff out. And that's it. That's it, Mike. I'm just going to stare at you now, longingly, waiting for SvelteKit knowledge to appear into my brain. Wouldn't that be nice? And we're going to be signing off. Using SvelteKit, maybe, one day. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.